Hey everyone, welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week, four to six of us get together and discuss a movie. At the end of the episode, we announce the movie for the following week. All movies are available from streaming services, either as part of your subscription or to rent. Thanks for listening. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Brooke Merritt. Hello. Alicia Walker. Hi there. Nathan McKinney. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And today's movie for discussion is Lady Macbeth. That was Nathan's suggestion. Uh, But first, we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Um, so I've seen a bunch of stuff, uh, recently, uh, I watched, uh, Joe Bob's double feature last week, which was, uh, the quasi zombie movie mayhem and the completely bananas, uh, Tetsuo, the iron man, which I had seen like 20 years ago, but haven't seen since. Um, those are both fun to watch with, with his, interjections and and hosting commentary um i watched the fourth and final season of rectify which is a show that i had watched the first three seasons of kind of all at once and season four was um being broadcast while i was watching those so i had waited until it became available and then i just kind of forgot about it um but uh it's it's been out for quite a while, so I finally watched the fourth season, and um, I think my I, I really like the show. Um, for people that don't know, it's it's a uh, really contemplative, uh, slow moving show about a man who is released from prison after serving nineteen years. Uh, a lot of it in uh, death row, or you know, basically in solitary confinement and him trying to adjust back to the world. There's still some question as to whether he was guilty of the crime or not, but there were some problems with the investigation that allowed him to be released. Um, And my biggest issue with the show, I would say is that every season felt like it just wasn't over. It just, they never would, would come to a, a resolution. It was always just sort of more of an ongoing process. And this final season is that closure it it really does a great job of wrapping it all up and so i would i would highly recommend it um it's uh it's a great show i like ray mckinnon a lot um i think he's one of our uh one of our series all-stars he was on deadwood um sons of anarchy and we were talking um not too long ago about wise blood uh, with Brad Dourif and Brad Dourif and uh, Ray McKinnon uh, famously played the preacher on Deadwood. So uh, that was sort of a little connection to our show. Yeah, um, I, I saw that quite a bit back, and I, I really enjoyed that that show as well. Uh, Rectify. I thought it was it's a little sleepy, but yeah it's it's just like a really great slow burn and it the the emotions are pretty intense when they hit so it's it's just really well acted really interesting interesting casting i think um and just a great story and it's kind of one of my favorite like if someone 
if I want to recommend like a random show that they've never heard of, it's kind of my go-to lately. Yeah. Uh, every character is super fleshed out and three dimensional. Um, and that's, that's purposefully done. Like they they create the world of the show through the characters. That's how you get to know it. And it takes place in, uh, Georgia. Uh, it's where the family lives and where, um, the murder took place and all of that stuff. So you've got some of those sorts of things going on too. Um, and then, um, I watched a movie called scream queen, which is scream comma queen exclamation point. Um, which is about, uh, the star of a nightmare on Elm street Two: Friday's revenge and how he was, outed as being gay at a time when that wasn't that wasn't good in Hollywood um, where people were actively denied roles and weren't allowed to play um, straight characters um, like they couldn't kiss women actors on shows and stuff like that um, I actually I don't think I've ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street 2 um, I, I saw I the first one at some point um, <laughs> just kind of barely remember it um but the it's my favorite horror series i love nightmare on elm street i've seen all of them every me whether too, you like Zach, it i agree <laughs> whether you like it or not Sorry. um this documentary is fantastic um it's this sort of cathartic thing of him realizing that people now see that as an iconic gay movie and him as an iconic gay actor and that the next generation that came along after him um, has a lot of respect for this movie that wasn't there when he originally made it. Um, People that saw it originally didn't like it because it wasn't the same thing as the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, you know, I I definitely remember that. Like, uh, watching it, remember watching it and being like, this is different than the first one. There's not really a whole lot connected other than Freddy Krueger and some of the backstory. But, um, like, over time, I think it's actually one of the better ones because they get cheesier and cheesier, which don't get me wrong, I love. But, like, there's some of them that are just awful. Like, there's, like, like Jason quality, you know, or uh, Friday the 13th quality. And I think the second one is actually better than it it gets credit for. Do it's you- funny, Dale, that you brought that up, because I got a sponsored ad for that today, and I hadn't heard of it, and I don't have Shudder. And so, actually, when we were done recording, I was going to go do the free trial so I could watch that. So, the timing of you bringing that up, <laughs> I seriously, that's my to-do list for tonight, is to go yeah. watch it. So, I'm glad to hear that it's worth the watch. Shudder uh, has it for free. I think you can rent it from some other places. Um, for me, Shudder's well worth the $7 a month uh, to get the Joe Bob episodes, the double features. Um, I watch them live because I like to chat along with people while I'm watching it. It's sort of a one of the rare like event television things, and you kind of follow the whole internet reacting to what's going on. Um, but you can also watch all of that stuff VOD, and they, they've done a lot of great movies with that. So yeah, I would check that out. And yeah, you can get a seven-day f- trial to Shutter and and watch a whole bunch of stuff to your heart's content and decide if you want to keep it or not. Um, what about you guys? <laughs> oh, where to begin? I'll 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 jump in here. Um, 
All right, so I'm going to categorize based upon platform this time. Uh, let's start with Netflix, what I've been watching on Netflix. And I'm not going to talk in depth, obviously, about all of these, but some interesting things that I've been uh, piecing through uh, in my free time. Medical Police, um, based off of Children's Hospital, which was on Adult mm. Swim. Um, it's very funny. It's like 30-minute episodes. There's 10 episodes. It's actually about a pandemic, and it was filmed and created before our current situation and it's actually very funny and eerie how accurate they were with like the things that they it's a rash basically but it's like an outbreak of this rash but they're treating it very seriously like we are treating our current situation um and uh so it's like two doctors who end up becoming policed but they're not police and they it's it's wild it's very fun um rob hubel's in it I cannot remember the other uh, actor's name in it, but she's great. They're all from people from Children's Hospital, if people have seen that. Um, it's fun and silly and just interesting. Uh, a lot of good um, comedy people in that. Uh, also, Netflix History 101. Um, that's just like a basically documentary of uh, interesting things that have happened throughout our history. There's like 10 episodes. I think they were all pretty fascinating. Um, I'm a big history buff, so I always enjoy learning more about what's been happening in the world up to this point and you know where we've where we've landed based upon some of the decisions that have been made for us in the past and whatnot so that's pretty pretty interesting space force crush that space force um man that pilot episode was awful <laughs> and it got a little better <laughs> <laughs> it got a little better by the end. I like was like, okay, I watched it. Um, uh, it was like they tried to recreate The Office, but didn't. And it's a Greg Daniels uh, a, a show with Steve Carell. Um, good, good people in it. Really good. A lot of Second City people in it. Um, just like, I don't know, just wasn't really all there or wasn't what I had hoped it was going to be. But nonetheless... Uh, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it actually during when they like launched. Uh, we were watching it during the time when the they SpaceX, launched the SpaceX. Yeah. yeah. And so like it's, it's like so all the timing on it. It's so funny. Um, uh, the, the new se season of Queer Eye in Philly, um, which I, I've really actually gotten a lot into watching uh, Queer Eye. My, um, my wife loves that show. And then they did a couple of seasons in Kansas City. And I was like, wow. So it was really cool to see that and uh i mean they that's a good show it's it, they they mean well and they try to help people and i think that's really good and positive and and kind of what the world needs in terms of like just a couple of guys coming in and helping guys and, and girls too they they help all you know all genders and everything um but just like sort of reorganize their lives and i really i really like that um i wasn't a fan of the original i'm not a fan sorry i shouldn't say that i didn't watch the original oh um, yeah, did, did I anybody did. watch yeah. the original? I watched the original. I yeah. liked it a lot. I think it's the, basically the same premise um, as it was before. Mm -hmm. um, and it really was just like, <laughs> I mean, that was Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And <laughs> it was like helping out right. these like lovable losers who couldn't like put their clothes on hangers and shit like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's cool to just see them, and I actually get a lot of great tips. I, I, um, I, no, the viewers can't, their listeners can't see this, but I manicured my beard <laughs> after watching an episode the other day. I was trying to make it look all, we got less quarantiney, um, entertaining and <laughs> educational. Uh, so, 
Yeah. Um, so we're switching to Hulu. Uh, the Great. Uh, it's about Catherine the Great. Um, it's uh, uh, by the people who did The Favorite. And I got to say, I really loved The Favorite. Uh, I thought it was really great and well done and, and just fun and funny. The Great is okay for me. I think there's moments that I enjoy, but overall, I'm kind of not as interested. Um, I like the story of Catherine the Great. I, I don't you know, I know some things about her and in, in the history of that, but this is obviously very much like a, uh, you know, a loose adaptation of her life because it's not anything that like mo- everybody speaks British, you know, like it's not Russian. Somebody at all. <laughs> um, on this show has watched the great before. Was it Brooke? It was me. Yep. I didn't get all okay. the way through it, but I did watch the beginning of it. Okay. Yeah, like it's not bad. It's 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 just I think the favorite was so well done. Uh, cinematography's good, you know. The acting's good. Um, it's uh, Elle Fanning playing Catherine the Great, um, and uh, I cannot remember the actor's name, but the guy who plays Peter, um, he was actually in the favorite also. Um, so he's like, it's like he's perfect at this. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fine. It's good. Uh, and then a couple of movies. Uh, I uh, I'm gonna go down a Mission Impossible. Uh, run. I've never watched all of them. Uh, I've seen the first one, and and then I've seen the second one and the sixth one, and nothing in between. So I'm restarting from the beginning. So I just watched the first one, and I was like, this is great. So I was watching it, and I was like, oh, this movie holds up. And then he used a CD-ROM to download uh, 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 delicate information. <laughs> And then, and then somebody made some sort of remark, and something else happened. And I go, "No, this movie does not hold up." I was like, "It was fine, but like, it was not as good as I remembered it." I think from from when the last time when I had seen it. Uh, and then, real quick, last one: uh, this documentary on Amazon called "Lot Lizard," which is about. Um, has anybody ever yes. heard this expression before? Yeah. Lot lizard, like, truck yep. stop prostitutes. I, I had never heard it before. Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, I was aware of the practice. <laughs> but I watched the documentary with my wife, um, and it, it was it, it was it's only like an hour long, but it was an interesting doc. Um, you know, they just follow a couple of girls, and it's exactly what you think. You know, uh, it's just women doing things in the in the lot, and um, yeah, that was that was something. But uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend and be like, people got to go watch this right away. It's kind of like uh, if you stumble across it, okay. But yeah, that's my list. Cool. You're making your way through Mission Impossible. Did you uh, abandon the uh, Alien franchise? I haven't abandoned it. I just haven't gotten back to it. Um, I'm also really bad about finishing <laughs> things. <laughs> so uh, I do plan on finishing the uh, Alien franchise. I need to see three in Resurrection. Um, they're on HBO Go, so I know I can access them kind of whenever. Um, the Mission Impossibles, I'm da- I'm actually taping off of my like Roku Sling yeah. app or whatever. Um, and so like they take up hard drive space, so I'm kind of trying to get rid of those but uh yeah no I'll, I'll get there i'll report in when i get there i i have nothing better to do with my time i've been playing a lot of video games you, too so if you'd watched alien 3 you'd have something to say about it so oh i'm sure <laughs> brooke how about you my list is relatively short i haven't been watching a lot uh second uh what zach said about space force i did give that a shot made it about halfway through 
don't know why I'm still watching, but I'll probably finish it. Uh, I did watch The Lovebirds on Netflix, which was kind of pushed to Netflix rather than theatrical. I liked it. It's uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae. Good light movie. Uh, I did see another movie I had not seen before. It's a few years old called Pride. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my good friend in the UK, I had a, a group chat with some people and we were talking about the movie that brings us the most joy if you need something to make you happy. Uh, I had not heard of that one, but my, my friend from the UK said that was her movie. Watched it. Um, thought it was delightful and fun. Um, I we My family has invested in a projector and a big 18-foot, uh, I think, inflatable screen. So we've been watching a lot of the classics. We've done a Back to the Future viewing on the big screen in the yard. Uh, some Goonies. Cool. Uh, but more importantly, I started 90 Day Fiance since the last time I was on. <laughs> I have come to the dark side, <laughs> and I started watching. If only, if only Aaron was here to scold you. I more. know. I kind of am glad that Aaron isn't here because I don't. I don't think he wants to know this. <laughs> he shamed me for it already. But uh, yeah, I started watching before the ninety days, as instructed by our resident ninety day fiance expert, and uh, hooked yeah. in. Man, hooked in. It's good stuff. Good stuff. How far along oh, are yeah. you? It's, I only made it through the first two seasons uh, before the 90 days. So I've got a okay. long way to go. I have, I have to invest the money to watch the next season. And I'm in that point where do I skip it or do I just throw it in there and just watch it? Probably going to just throw it in there and watch it. The, the projector happened during my binge watch. So that kind of threw it back a little bit. Well... Um, I did a whole marathon run of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race season one. Never watched it. Always kind of wanted to. Heard things about it. Thought I'd watch it. It's on Hulu. I don't know how many seasons are on there, but I would. I tend to be a person that likes to start at the beginning. Well, I think I need to jump a few seasons in. It's fine. It's uh, it's a VH1 show that when it pulls up is before widescreen TV, so it's all short and long and short and long, and it looks all funky and stretches everybody out. I guess it just every time I'd switch the ratio, it bounced to some other one. But um, and it was a little, you know, it, it, I've become spoiled with the high definition, so I was getting annoyed by the cloudiness of everyone. So and Nathan actually walked in when I was watching an episode and was like, "What's going on with the Doris Day?" screen filter happening and so it kind of felt like that but um it was fine uh as as reality shows go i like a good reality show so far it's not a great reality show but i think it gets better so either i'll maybe jump a few seasons down and watch i'm not sure how many seasons they've done of that if any of you guys have watched that but uh i thought i'd check it out so i was watching some of that there's been 12 seasons of it there's been 12. Okay, I think I could jump a little bit. I got the premise down. I don't think I'm going to sacrifice much for the reality TV to jump in a little bit later. So I'm going to try that maybe later. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we watched a little Back to the Future, which Brooke already mentioned. Not in the backyard on a big inflatable screen, but just in the comfort of our own home. Uh, and that's always fun. Just all the, you know, everything they've done so meticulously to set up all the, you know, little things for later and looking at stuff in Doc Brown's apartment that are later in the mansion and things like that. I always enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, other than that, I don't think too much else. I'm trying to think if there's anything. Oh, I did Queer Eye for the Straight Guys. Well, not 
for the straight guy anymore but yes i also started watching the new season of queer eye because i also really enjoy that and love them in kansas city so i agree it's just a feel-good show and gets my eyes a little misty episode or two uh and i i think it goes a lot uh deeper and a lot it, it's not as much on the surface as the old show was years ago on bravo i think in the cast i like the cast a little bit better than the original show but um other than that we've been pretty busy so i can't say that i've watched it i mean drag race took a while just getting through season one of that so i kind of marathon that and that was about it she was talking about uh the the rupaul me walking in on it uh when i walked in on it from the other room the line i heard i wasn't sure what she was watching at all but the line that i overheard was now you have to lip sync like your life depends on it Lip sync for your life. Lip sync for your life. Lip-sync I was like, for your life. what are you watching? Yes. <laughs> uh, on, um, I was going to say, my, uh, one of my friends from New York made a supercut of RuPaul saying, bring back the girls. Yes. Uh, of like from all the seasons, because he's a big fan. Uh-huh. Um, but that's like a couple of staples that, that RuPaul says is like lip sync for your life bring back the girls my wife's a big fan too yeah. so well I yeah. feel like the f- I catch it from time yeah. to time well the first season I got the picture pretty quickly that at the time RuPaul was dropping a new CD a new single something they kept playing the music all the time then one of the premises they're all in the music video and the whole thing so uh, I and it's a lot of her wearing different gowns every time and modeling those and sashaying Shantae around so uh, I think I think it goes beyond that in the later seasons and we got bigger messages and things like that but at least the first season I think is very much just like a huge video promo for her own album I think Uh, just want to throw a, a recommendation at you. You guys have HBO, Alicia? Yes. And in yeah. fact, we just transitioned and, and tinkered with the Max this week. Yeah. Nice. I think you should have it on the should be Max has everything, right? Um, it's called uh, We're Here. Yes. And it's basically, yeah, it's like RuPaul meets uh, Queer Eye. Um, and I've watched a few episodes of that with my wife as well. And that's pretty good. I, I, I you know, like, it's not necessarily my flavor but um but like you know like it's a good show i think you'd enjoy it if you like some of the both of those two things you know i actually have been watching that one too i really like it it's a good happy show it's like you said it's just those two shows rolled into one basically but it'll have the same emotional effect that queer eye has cool nathan have you watched anything that I'm not unaware of or I'm forgetting. Well, yeah, she pretty much stole most of my thunder there. Sorry I've, about I've that. had a pretty busy week. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I can really kind of comment on is I have uh, kind of regained, re- regained, regained my uh, momentum on watching BoJack Horseman, um, which I was kind of stuck in the middle of season one, and now I am plugging away at it pretty well. I'm I'm just now getting into season two, but. I finally it took it was maybe it was like a Seinfeld thing it took me a while to get get into Seinfeld too but um, I finally kind of something clicked with me about why this show's gonna be really worth watching so uh, and I think what I have discovered is it's it's just a really good take on uh, what it's like to deal with depression uh, without being 
dark, so dark that it's hard to watch. It's actually really entertaining. And all the little references in the show, uh, just of having animals as people is, is hilarious. I've been enjoying the crap out of that. Uh, there was an episode that we just watched today. I think it was, and, uh, they were going to a funeral and outside were vultures circling in the sky, wearing suits because they're attending a funeral. Um, so just, just little visual, (laughs) Uh, fun that goes throughout that show really carries it, um, and I'm enjoying enjoying the heck out of it. So I'm looking forward to plugging away at that one. Cool. Well, uh, Nathan suggested Lady Macbeth. We watched it. Um, I think it was new to everybody. Has anyone seen it before? I'd seen oh. it, obviously. Nope. Um, Alicia, let's start with you. What did you think of it? <laughs> and by the way, she has not. We watched it together. She gave me no clue as to what indication of what she liked or not like. So. Okay, it was fine. It was. It was <laughs> okay, Zach. It was what did you fine. think? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm I mean, kidding. I, I, I got go. some things to say. I got some things. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> I I really like Florence. Is it pew or poo? Pew. <laughs> Pew, I assume. Okay. Pew. I really like Florence Pugh. Um, I feel like I saw a lot of what she's doing in Little Women and Things Later kind of happening in some of that role. And she can wear a period dress and all that kind of thing. Um, I I think once I kind of got going in it, I felt like I started having kind of the same feeling that she was whenever she kind of threw herself down on the couch in a bit of boredom and that I'm like, all right, time to have sex with the groomsmen. Like it was just like putting it on repeat a little bit. And all right, oh, let's do it again. And let's just do whatever we can to keep doing the one thing that apparently is keeping us from being too bored. But I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of it, but once it got going and kept going and kept going, I was like, yep, all right, who's next? Who's she going to kill next? Yep, all right, let's get that done. All right, who else? Who else stands in her way between her and her man? So, and, you know, and then, of course, you saw the fact that he's going to either lose interest or be totally traumatized by this whole thing. You see that coming, you know, really early. So, it was fine. Ta-da. Zach? Zach, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I uh, Florence Pugh was introduced to me through fighting with my family, and I thought she was phenomenal in that. And everything I've seen her in since has she's been phenomenal in. And this stu- this was the same. I really, really enjoyed this. I actually loved that there wasn't a lot of conversation or over convoluting the issues or the things that were happening. I loved that there was a lot of silences. Um, I love that they had to really like act that they had to use expression and emotion in their bodies and in their faces. And I think she's great at that. And I really enjoyed the cinematography. I thought the editing was interesting, very quick, a lot of like simple, like quick shots, but yet like they're supposed to be very meaningful. Um, and I think overall, just like, I really, I really liked this. Um, it's not one of those films that I'm like, oh my God, I loved it. I'm going to fawn over it. But I really, really enjoyed watching it. And uh, I was engaged the entire time. And I was kind of trying to piece together Macbeth the play 
with parts of this, uh, especially since her name is not Macbeth. She's not a Macbeth. She's a yeah. Lester, right? Is that the yeah. last name? And, uh, you know, just kind of like trying to figure like a little things of that out. And then, of course, I think at the end it says it's based off of a novel yeah. um, called Lady Macbeth. And so there's, you know, the, and I'm not familiar with the novel, but... Um, but yeah, I really, I really did find myself I- engaged in it, and um, and not just because of the sex and the nakedness <laughs> and all the things that I, I really, you know, I'm, you know, it's, of course, it's you know, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, the acting, I just thought the acting was great, uh, uh, and uh, it, it, even the even this in the sex acting was was wonderful. No, um, the fact that you had no, to clarify you know who that I really was really st- <laughs> well. Yeah, but see, if you know me from deeply discussing Dexter, you know that's that's my character. Uh, I'm the <laughs> I'm the guy who's always talking about the boobs. Um, so uh, and not because of the bologna sandwich um, she was I, eating in that one scene. No, that's not why I love it. It's not the bologna sandwich. It's, it's definitely the breasts. Um, I will say the the uh, the actress that played Anna, the servant. Oh, yeah was awesome she was really good she was especially when she went mute and just her expressions and i mean i I, if it's either the direction or the you know the actors themselves really putting themselves into it but she was i think she was really like florence Pugh was great but she was amazing that the actress that played anna um she was by far probably my favorite in terms of just like overall um acting ability and everything her name is naomi aggie Well, and I don't mean to yeah, no, poo-poo no. over the pew-pew or any of this stuff, but but <laughs> I I mean, I agree with you. I think the acting was really well done, especially the expressiveness and, and the production was really nice. I think I was just kind of focused on the story and was just kind of just nonplussed with that as much, but I do agree it was a really well done film, I think. Brooke? I really liked it. Um, I hadn't heard of this one. It was completely off of my radar. Uh, I don't know how I missed it. I guess it just didn't get a whole lot of mention in in the States, but I thought it was really good. Of course, Florence Pugh, I think she's well-deserving of the label she's getting, you know, moving into this next big thing role. I know she was in Midsommar, or I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm sure I am, but... Uh, and then Oscar-nominated for Little Women, and she's in the Black Widow movie, so she's really done a lot since she did this uh, she can do so much with just a simple basic facial expression it's pretty astounding I thought she played it so well do I think the movie would have been as good in in a different performer's hands probably not but I I liked it uh, I liked the way she just devolves and just completely stops caring and will stop at nothing and step on anyone she's just this malevolent force who just will take out anyone and anything. And I, I don't know. I liked that. I thought it was good. And I also, I also liked the silence. I know Zach mentioned that. I liked that there wasn't a lot said. You didn't need the dialogue. There wasn't music going on all the time in the background, like leading up like the psycho sound before she kills somebody. I thought that was actually a bonus (laughs) point. So that leaves me. Um, I, when I was watching the beginning of the movie, um, and Zach kind of alluded to this, um, the movie starts out with a lot of uh, scenes that you're supposed to infer 
information from. It doesn't tell you things. It just lets you infer things like the fact that the husband doesn't sleep with her on their wedding night. Um, things like that. that are just sort of left out of the action. Um, so it's interesting the way that they show that it, that approach, uh, I don't think it lasts the whole movie by, by about the halfway point. They've, they've moved into full, full action mode. There's enough going on that every scene has, you know, uh, consequences happening in it, not outside of it. you're not hearing about things that happened off, off, uh, stage, which is kind of a funny, uh, nod to Macbeth as well. in that lady Macbeth in the play dies off stage. Um, but, uh, it reminded me a little bit and I haven't actually seen this movie, but there's a new movie out called the assistant, um, which is kind of about like tangentially about the Weinstein scandal and it's all inference. You basically just watch this woman go through her day as an assistant at a Hollywood studio and there's clues as to what's going on around her all over the place, but you have to put it together as a viewer. They don't come right out and tell you what's going on. Um, so I thought that was cool about the beginning. Um, and then the rest of it really felt like, um, I I wouldn't say by the numbers, but it, it felt like a very simple story. Like, I feel like I could, I could give you all of the information about what happens in this movie in about 40 seconds. I could describe, you know, every major event and and thing that that happens with the overarching theme being that, you know, this woman is a complete menace um and maybe as a viewer it's a question of when you decide that she's a complete menace. Um is she a menace when she uh possibly poisons the father though you later find out that she definitely did um is it is she a menace when she kills her husband with the fire poker or whatever or is she a menace when she smothers the kid or when she kills the horse um i'm guessing a lot of people will will definitely be uh be against her by the time she kills the horse um because you just don't shoot a horse <laughs> but um uh, i you know for what it is, uh, it's a decent period drama, um, romance sort of thing. Um, not necessarily my cup of tea, and not necessarily one that I would, uh, I would, I would jump to recommend to other people. Um, I did do some research after watching it, and um, this is based on a, a Russian novel from 1932 called Lady Macbeth, which was also later adapted into an opera. Um, and I think the opera actually keeps it a little bit closer to the source material because the original story is set in Russia. Um, some of the differences in it are that, um, you know, it's, it's very similar story of, you know, she um, starts sleeping with this guy and gets her husband killed and basically just keeps getting rid of people that get in her way. But she uh, and the lover get found out and they're sent to a work camp in Siberia at the end. And in the Siberian work camps, the genders are segregated from one another. 
but she sneaks out of her camp. She bribes somebody and sneaks over to see him. He's sort of lost interest in her and starts being interested in this other woman. Um, the other woman wants a pair of stockings. He talks the main character out of a pair of stockings. Uh, but then she finds out that it's for this other girl. And then she pushes the rival girl into uh, a body of water and then jumps in herself and they both drown. And that's how the opera ends. So, it's a lot lighter. Well, it's it's Russian. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not quite as repressed as uh, as, you know, 19th century England. So. Um, so, as is our uh, tradition on this show, what the hell, Nathan? <laughs> so, I, I came to this movie, um, I had been seeing quite a few independent movies at our local theater here, um, and I ran across the trailer for this one, and the trailer leaves it pretty ambiguous as to what the tone of the movie is. <clears throat> it, it feels like a drama, it kind of sells it a little bit Hitchcockian. Uh, but it doesn't like give you like what the actual mood of the piece is. Yeah. And I think what stuck, stuck out to me when I watched this the first time and it, I reminded myself of it or it reminded me of that uh, when I watched it the second time is how it kind of starts off like it's going to be this like really harsh movie to watch because she's pretty beat down and pretty oppressed in her little household situation there with the husband being so just unattentive unattentive but unapologetic unapologetic about anything and just really she has no personality at all and i think what's kind of interesting about this movie i I think it would it would be a movie that would fall completely flat if it wasn't for the fact that her tone just totally twists it so it like there's the scene where he tells her to face the wall and i i find myself cracking up at it because it's it it's really icky it's a very harvey weinstein thing to pull and but there's something about the tone of the way she is and the whole thing that just kind of triggers you to like oh this is a little bit comedic and it just keeps picking up and going and going with that. I mean, I think that the, the father law is a really good example of that. Cause he's, he's obviously over the top caricature wise. Like he, he's the, the actor's great, but he's also mm-hmm. just a little further along than you would expect. Like for a drama, he's, he's really just crazy bad you know so i i think i don't know if I, he's like a scrooge McDuck. yeah i was yeah. thinking ebenezer like scrooge like, too yeah. very much so yeah so yeah, yeah i mean i get the criticisms like if it's a little bit repetitive you, it, once you kind of get that you know that momentum you kind of know where the movie's sort of going but i think there's a lot of little subtleties to it i think the the the, the acting is fantastic through it by pretty much everybody involved uh like i said i like the 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 dad who's playing uh the, the actual husband's barely in it, um, but the, the guy that plays her love interest, I think, is kind of interesting and compelling, and I, I love the actress who played Anne. Uh, I think the cinematography's good, and I think there's just a lot of like little decisions that they made throughout the making of this movie, like what to shoot, what not to shoot, what to tell, what not to tell, that keeps it really interesting to watch throughout the whole thing. I don't think it's the best movie in the world, but I, I definitely think it's worth a peek. I liked how they sort of um, framed each act with her sitting on the couch with the dress. Yeah. 
You remember yeah. that? Like she does it multiple times and it sort of like frames where like, it's like we're going into a new direction now. Like each time she does it. Yeah. Almost, there's like a know? sleepy version where she's trying to stay awake, you know, and bored. There's a version of it where she's just asleep, flat out asleep on the couch. I don't remember what the other one was, but those are the two I come to mind. And then like the, yeah, the final one is after all the crazy shit happens, and then she sits down. She's wearing the black dress, and she sits down, and it's just like mm. complete blank face. Back to the big, be- she's like back yeah. to the beginning. Well, it's like know? she's done all this to get to this point, and she's not going to get away with it because guess what's in her womb? <laughs> That's not going to be something she can hide. Yeah. So it's I I think it's I love the ending because she's she's gone to all these this trouble. Like, what is she going to pull next? Because she really can't. Yeah, and talk about privilege. Uh, she just basically goes, "He lies," and everybody's like, "Yeah, that guy. Fuck that guy. We're gonna we're gonna take him in. We're gonna take her in." And she like she's not gonna get away with it. But the fact that she can just simply say, "He's lying," and then the consequences happen to everyone else but her. It's like well, astounding. Yeah, I mean, it's open to interpretation because, like, sure, she's got another problem to deal with in the fact that she's carrying this baby, but. Now that she's back to being alone and bored and all of that, you know, she can easily hide the rest of her pregnancy. Anna was the only one that knew she was pregnant in the household. And she can have this baby in secret and kill it, and no one will ever know. Yeah, you know? exactly. She'll just be a little heavier. Okay, well, that's one that's way to handle it. That's more my take of it. That's what I think she, <laughs> that, that was my expectation. Yeah. Yeah. That's how she dealt with every other problem she had. So, yeah. So, killing a baby was like the one thing left on her checklist. Well, um, that's true. And she has a bingo. <laughs> yeah. Old the, man. Um, the husband, scene where she comes. Horse, horse child, baby. Child, baby. That's it. That's it. Don't even need the free space. Yeah. Bingo. She nailed it. The uh, the scene where she walks in on the workers um, tormenting the, yeah. the yeah. maid, and then she says, "How much do you think I would weigh?" Mm-hmm. And it, it, I was just like, "What?" Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. up until that time, like you said, Nathan, it's like almost like there's some sort of like comedy, or she thinks it's funny, right? Or like a little yeah. bit. Uh, and then it's like that that moment I was like oh shit she's here to fuck around you know like she she wants to yeah, she wants and to the play movie, you the know movie keeps you from figuring that out right away it it basically leads you to believe that it was like it was kind of his idea but then she decided she liked it like when he shows up in the bedroom and she's kind of pushing him away but then she doesn't um, I think like the she's absolutely evil scene is when she goes and literally licks his wounds after he's been locked up by the old man. It's like, yeah, this this woman's a nutcase. There's a lot of <laughs> and a what lot the of fuck? that is yeah. so Yeah, exactly. And a lot of that's kind of, you know, sadistic too because of the fact that you can see how much Anna has been tormented by that episode with the weighing would they say weighing a sow or whatever mm-hmm. and you know how she's essentially been sexually assaulted and is traumatized in so many of the following scenes by all of that and that's just kind of this you know little background of how much that's affected her and then you're seeing all this other stuff then play out of course with the main character so it's so bizarre 
Yeah, next time I'm looking to be very sadistic and evil, I'm just going to go out for a bit of fresh air. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I love that they're like, stay inside. Yeah. No, I must get some That's fresh air. That's where it all started. It all started air. because she wanted fresh air. And everyone, even the priest, told her, nope, you're not supposed to do that. You're going to stay inside. Nobody tells Zach he's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Don't do it. <laughs> Come on. So, just out of curiosity, am I the only person that thought that that early scene that I said that I was struggling with whether to laugh or not, anybody else find that scene funny or get that? Or I'm just curious. I didn't. Cause it, it's, I think I could, I can see, I don't think I thought that in the moment, but I can see what you mean by it because she does do a little like head turn because like clearly he's in the corner jerking off um, and it's, you know, you're kind of like, oh, Okay, uh, and then she like does a little head turn, like a thing, like uh, yeah, like I can see how it could be like she thinks it's comedic, you know, so it could be comedic, or she thinks it's funny that he's like not having sex with her, but would rather just pleasure himself as opposed to pleasuring both. I don't know, you know, like she's amused by how yeah. pathetic he is. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, I think maybe that might be something that I came to the second time I watched it then, because I don't remember that being my reaction the first time I watched it, but I think knowing what was coming a little bit and who she really was behind the, the facade, um, maybe made the first part of the movie a little more entertaining the second time. I think it's almost a little bit of a hint to the, her coming defiance too. that little yeah. head turn, like at the yeah. end, kind of like you can see that she's starting to react against this humdrum, in her mind, humdrum, unsatisfying life that she has by the fact that she is going to turn around. Yeah, I think, too, that it uh, the movie has some um, interesting race issues going on um, where the, the husband, as we find out, is into black women. Um, and maybe that's why he's not interested in his wife. Maybe, you know, or maybe he's in love with Teddy's mom and that's what's really going on. And the father forced all of this on him. So he's just sort of going through the motions, but not really. Um, and then the lover is black or mixed or something. You know, he's not a, a white man. Um, so there's a lot of little bits and pieces there. I, I thought for a minute that they were going to try and uh, pull the old switcheroo with Teddy and her baby. Uh, but that didn't end up happening. So, yeah, I was picking up on that, the race stuff as well. Cause I thought, uh, you know, obviously feels very deliberate that they put people of certain races in certain characters or they cast them that way. And so, I, but I think like that also speaks to the time period. And then of course, just to like, you know, in general, how certain races have been treated over time. Um, but specifically like, you know, uh, it just goes to show you there's like, um, it's almost like looking at uh, the United States and like, uh, uh, I hate to, say it like that but it's like slave owners you know um and how they would treat a lot of their their slaves and they would have these kind of relationships with them obviously like thomas jefferson to point out one well, so this is one. i mean this um, is uh unique to this adaptation because the novel it's all russians and the opera it's all russians yeah that's why i say it's yeah. deliberate obviously i think is because they they deliberately made uh, was trying to make a point with it um but i but i like i, I get that point you know like i i think it was 
I think it was good that they didn't just make it all white people. That's yeah. my point. <laughs> well, I think there's like inherently like not only is she a higher class than Anna, but she's also a different race than Anna. Like if all of this happened with the cook yeah. character instead of the maid character, then you know it's it's got kind of a different feel to it. Um, if she starts shacking up with a white guy, it has kind of a different feel to it, and this has more of a. Um, there, there's more of an implied uh, taboo going on. Well, it almost seems as as the the very first part of the movie is kind of progressing that maybe she might actually friend up with Anna and kind of partner with her a little bit. Yeah. And it becomes really clear as you go forward that, no, she actually sees her as a different class level and treats her, you know, much harsher than she maybe would have otherwise. And I think having that, uh, the time period and then the, uh, the history that goes along with that kind of helps that characterization and helps that storytelling without having to like hit you over the head with it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's, it's like, she feels like she can kind of almost get away with everything because she knows that she can kind of hold it over Anna's head a little bit, like not like they're friends, but in that master servant sort of situation where it's like, you can't speak out against me. I own you, you know, just as much as I'm owned. I also own you. So no matter what I do, you can't speak out. And you see that Anna refuses to speak out against her at any point. And look what happens by the end with her. Um, Almost kind of the same thing with Sebastian to a certain degree where he finally, he's, he's complicit, but he finally speaks out. But then look what happens to him. And it's just sad you know yeah absolutely so is it funny now nathan <laughs> I, I was about to say it more hilarious yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well it is brooke's turn to suggest a movie brooke what would you like for us to watch for next time so i had a couple of things in mind this one just popped into my head as i was pulling in the driveway about 40 minutes before we started, and I don't know why. I haven't seen it in years, so I'm curious to see how it goes. But uh, Citizen Ruth. Looks like that one is out there on Hoopla and available to rent pretty much everywhere, Major. So we'll do that next time. But thanks for discussing Lady Macbeth with me, guys. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Thank you.